Show. Your home for Southeast Motorsports coverage. Here's your host, Tom Baker. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lead Lap Show here on WSIC and across our affiliate network of stations and places where you can find this show, which is uh, just about anywhere podcasts are found. Of course, uh, it is um, broadcast on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on WSIC's family of stations in the Charlotte Lake Norman area of North Carolina and also on WSICnews.com. If you want to listen live, just go there. Um, and uh, looking forward to the show, actually. We, uh, we've we had uh, a series of shows now where we've had guests that we've been talking with for the entire show. This is going to be a bit of a different uh, show this week, getting back to some conversation about local racing and just kind of bringing you up to speed. Several developments, several things we're talking about. We had a huge event in North Wilkesboro a few weeks ago and didn't get to uh, share our thoughts on that. We had um, a big event at Martinsville Speedway over the weekend for the late models. We'll tell you a little bit about that. Tell you a little bit about the uh, slate of 2022 track champions at Hickory Motor Speedway now that their point season is over. And we're going to be joined uh, uh, shortly by um, a gentleman named Scott Kozak, who has a website called getinthestands.com, and it is a track directory. It's, it's a really useful tool for any of you who go on vacation and maybe want to find a track. If you're traveling and you just want to catch a race somewhere where you're going, uh, you can use this website to do that to find a track in the area where you are when you're traveling. So I'm going to be talking with Scott about that as well. He's been around racing a long time, and that should be a great conversation coming up at the bottom of the hour. Okay, let's get right to it, shall we? Let's start with the most recent big event, which was held at Martinsville Speedway over the weekend. It was the Valley Star Credit Union 300 or 200, basically, for the late models. Um and got to tell you, uh, I'm so happy for Peyton Sellers. Finally, Peyton Sellers got the win. He's been trying to win that event for a couple of decades. Um, this this is a huge accomplishment for him. He's given basically his life to racing and been very fortunate that he's been able to do that. Um, and so it was great to see him finally get the win with his Clarence's Steakhouse number 26. Now, there are a few things about this event I'll point out. First of all, the fact that Peyton won the event on a green-white checkered restart. Now, he had Carson Quapple, who's been on this show a number of times in races for Junior Motorsports, the uh, Cars Tour, and in the the late models. Um, Carson had a shot at him and probably could have Knocked him out of the way and won. But Carson, in a true class driver fashion, said, you know what? I wouldn't have felt good about that. If I couldn't pass him clean, I wasn't interested in messing him up. I didn't want to spin him, didn't want to wreck him, didn't want to do any of that. If I couldn't beat him the right way, I didn't want to beat him at all. So Carson finished second. That is a classy young racer right there. And uh, hopefully you all will... Uh, go give Carson a follow. If you're on social media, follow his social media. 
Um, that was, I really thought that um, that said a lot about who Carson Quapple is, that he was not going to mess up Peyton Sellers to win the race. He, he raced him fairly and cleanly, and uh, Peyton beat him. Peyton did a great job. Now, if, if you wonder, well, how big is this race? Well, it's $32,000 big. That's how big it is. That's what Peyton won. Uh, thirty-two grand plus a grandfather clock. And the clock is probably more important to him right now than the money, though certainly you don't want to turn down the money. He did say, though, that he was going to take the clock and give it to his sponsor, Clarence's Steakhouse. They have been a sponsor in motorsports, again, for decades, like many decades. Um, I can remember back in the 70s at the Oswego Speedway up in New York State, right on Lake Ontario where I grew up, the Clarence's Steakhouse sponsored 26 modified. Satch Worley from Rocky Mount, Virginia, came to the Speedway in 75 beat, and beat the best that the modified sportsmen had to offer that day to win the uh, Port City 75. Um, and uh, Clarence's Steakhouse was on the car. Uh, Paul Radford also ran it at Oswego a time or two, and, and so did Satch. Uh, but it, uh, they only got one win up there and that was, but I remember that so clearly and that was back in the seventies. So here we are, you know, almost 50 years later and they're still in racing, still sponsoring racing and, uh, Peyton Sellers got them one of the biggest wins in the history of their motorsport sponsorship with that win. Um, incidentally, Peyton, that win was a bit of a soothing balm for Peyton because he had just found out that um, he had lost a very close bid to win the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series National Championship points uh, deal with his uh, late model. He lost to Lane Riggs, and uh, there was a bit of controversy there, which we can get into in a different show, but... Um, so Peyton went into Martinsville really hoping for something special to happen. And I think uh, hopefully the win at Martinsville at least took away some of the sting of that. But that was it was a great race. So, uh, again, Peyton Sellers, a huge win. That's a great story. Carson Quapple finishing second and choosing not to do what so many other classless late model drivers do these days and just knock the guy out of the way or spin the guy to win and then claim, well, it's for the win. Anything's, anything goes. You know, it's like, I, I'm just not into that. It takes no talent to use a bumper to pass somebody. So uh, glad that Carson Quapple had more, has more class than that. I think that's going to uh, pay off in his favor as he starts to climb the ranks if he keeps that attitude. Um, so Carson did a good job in the junior motorsports car to be second. Jacob Hefner did a superb job in the uh in, in his car, he took third. Mike Looney was the fastest for a bunch of the race, but just fell off a little bit at the end and and finished fourth. And Caton Honeycutt, a driver out of Texas who's been running for Nelson Motorsports as a teammate to Bobby McCarty in the Cards Tour this year. Caden uh, also works full-time now for On Point Motorsports, which is a NASCAR truck team based out of Denver, North Carolina. And Caden has driven that truck a few times this year very successfully. Um, Caden finished fifth. He had a great race. Chase Burrow, Daniel Silvestri, Timothy Peters, Corey Heim, and Jonathan Schaefer rounded out the top ten. And just um, to give you a couple of other um, 
of the bigger names, Jared Fryer, 11th, Connor Hall, 12th, Bobby McCarty, your Cars Tour defending champion, was 13th. Uh, Matt Cox, 14th, Carter Langley, 15th. Um, let's see who else. I won't go through the whole finish for you, but uh, let's see. We had uh, Jake Crum, 32nd. Um, Minnie Tyrell, 34th, Cress Van Dyke, 35th, Hyman Jeske, who just won his first uh, truck race here a week or so ago, finished uh, 37th, had some bad luck in that one, Tate Fogelman wound up 40th, 40 cars started the race, and by the way, Sellers not only won the race and the 32 grand and the clock, that also gave him the Virginia Triple Crown. He won the three biggest races in the state of Virginia this year. So it's been quite a year for Peyton Sellers. He just missed on the national championship. But uh, boy, oh boy, um, he he's still had a really great year. Now, again, we mentioned the national points. Lane Riggs has been awarded the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series National Championship over Peyton Sellers. Um, and Lane, a second-generation driver who was on this show a little while back uh, after he made his Truck Series debut. Um, we'll hope to get Lane back on here at some point in the near future to talk about the championship. He's had a fantastic year, just an incredible year in the late models. Um, he is the son of former NASCAR uh, Bush Series champion Scott Riggs, by the way. So uh, good to see Lane win the title. And, um, you know, when you look at this race at Martinsville, we'll go back to Martinsville for a moment. Um, the, again, it's always a slugfest to make this race. They start with nearly 100 late models and whittle it down to 40. So you got to go through time trials and then uh, a series of what they call heat races or last chance events. Um, you're always going to get some action. And, you know, if you don't get it in the last chance, you're going to get it in the feature. Um, well, you know, we had an incident. Uh, I won't I won't name the driver because I, I'm just not going to give him the free publicity. But we had a driver that was a little upset uh, and thought that another driver had done him wrong. So he chose to... Well, Walk up to the car and start punching the driver who was st- the other driver who was still strapped in the car. Um, I don't know, not my thing. Um, that doesn't show me any class. So you kind of had two extremes. You had Carson Quapple, who chose to finish second because he he couldn't pass Peyton Sellers without laying the bumper or door slamming him or spinning him and doing the dump and run. And then you had this other driver who lost his mind and just started swinging um numerous times and you know again i think if you're especially if you're a driver who at all cares about sponsors or your reputation or you know just um how other people see you i mean i know that uh i i know it's been fashionable as you know to to in in some areas and in some series and divisions and types of racing that you know fighting is okay I think in 2022, we all ought to be able to move past that, you would think. But, you know, it's one thing to go punch the guy in his pit area. It's another thing to go to do it on the racetrack um, when he's still strapped in his car. Um, But that happened, too. Uh, So, you know, you're you're always going to get some hot tempers at a race like Martinsville. But, boy, was it a finish. Congratulations to Peyton Sellers. We'll be back with more of Lee Lap right after this.
Hey guys, this is Nathan Bird, a.k.a. Birdman, and you're listening to Lead Lap Radio. Welcome back to the Lead Lap Show. Tom Baker with you, and we continue with just discussion about uh, some of the big events and news happenings uh, in the Southeast motorsports world here. We talked about Martinsville in the first segment. Um, we'll go back and talk about North Wilkesboro in this one. Um, North Wilkesboro had their final event of the Racetrack Revival Series at the end of August, and we've had other guests on the show and just haven't had a lot of time to talk about this, but um, first of all, again, I was one of the ones who was in the camp that in no way, shape, or form would we ever see a race at North Wilkesboro again. Happy to say I was wrong. It took uh, it took some uh, tax dollars um, and uh, a lot of hard work by Dale Earnhardt Jr. and a lot of other people to put this show, uh, to put this track back in raceable condition. And when I say that, um, it... That's kind of one of those things. Um, here's what we were. Here's what we had. Basically, we had it, the track was cleaned up. Um, you know, it was it was certainly raceable for cars. Um, but here's the thing: this place had no running water. They brought in portable facilities um, and food trucks. Now they did have a concession that was. Uh, was operating as well, but they basically had no running water. Everything was was portable. Um, they had temporary lighting. Um, it was it was as primitive as you could possibly get when it comes to a racetrack holding a race. There was no place for media. The obviously the buildings, the tower buildings, uh, didn't you know didn't work well. Um, you know, they hadn't been uh, revitalized or anything. Um, and I don't say all that is a knock. It's incredulous what they pulled off because here's the thing. 20,000 plus people showed up on race night for the Cars Tour race. They had a limited late model race and um, some other things going on. But the highlight, obviously, was the Cars Tour race and the fact that Dale Jr. was making his late model uh, cars tour debut and the first time he'd been in a late model since I think 1997. Um, what they pulled off at North Wilkesboro was it's indescribably incredible. Uh, I was there early in the day on race day about one o'clock, I think. Um, and I came with the folks from St- the Stock Car Classics group. This is a group, if you go to Facebook or Meta, whatever they call it this week, if you go there and you type in, in all caps, Stock Car Classics, it'll pull up the group. Just join the group. If you're into old-time stock cars, join the group. There's about um, there's a, there's there's about 9,000, I think, people in the group. It might be over that now. They had, uh, they have about uh, twelve to fifteen cars, uh, people who have either replicas of old cup cars or restored versions of old cup cars. And these people, this group is going around the southeast. We just had an appearance at Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina on Saturday. 
and they're touring, you know, they're they're putting the cars on the track and it's an exhibition race basically, but it's fun to see all the old cars. And there are cars, there's a replica um of a 1949 car that um the that Paul Goldsmith drove um and again, uh the 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 version of this, the Griffin Motors car, the version of the real version is in the Darlington Motor Speedway, or Darlington Raceway Hall of Fame. Um, it's incredible. This group is so much fun, and they're such great, great folks. But they were on hand, so I was with them, um, and and was was obviously covering the rest of the action as well. Um, Mike Baumgartner, who we've had on this show recently, he won it, won the uh, track championship in the limited late models at Hickory Motor Speedway. Mike won the limited late model event, led from start to finish. And the aforementioned Carson Quapple won the Cars Tour event over Mesa Diaz and Dale Jr. Jr. was amazing. Folks, if you're not a Dale Jr. fan, why in the world? He is doing more for short track grassroots racing right now than almost anyone else I know. Um... He, I will tell you that the atmosphere at North Wilkesboro that night, you would have thought I was a huge Elvis fan, uh, Elvis Presley fan growing up in the 70s. And Dale Jr., the atmosphere that night, the way that the crowd reacted to Jr. and the way that Jr. talked to the crowd and, and the way that he went about everything he was doing that night, it was Elvis-like. It was incredibly electric. He was a true rock star that night. And, you know, again, he was as much a fan of what was going on around him as he was a participant in it. And I just can't say enough, folks. If you weren't there, you missed history. Absolute history. It was just incredible to be a part of that. Junior uh, did a lot of work for the event. All day long, he had things scheduled between being on the track and things off the track with, you know, appearances and this and that and doing things. Um, they they actually had to hold the race about, uh, I think, 30 or 40 minutes, the start of the cars to a race, because they still had people trying to get parked and get into the facility. The traffic was a nightmare um, because obviously the access is limited in and out of the the speedway. But, um, you know, people were parking like a mile away. It was just it was unbelievable to see this. This had to be one of the biggest events, not just racing events. But biggest events in the state of North Carolina this year. It was unbelievable to be a part of this. And, and again, uh, Dale Jr. just how he how he sort of kind of focused long enough to go run the race was amazing. But he did a great job, um, fell back early. Uh wanted to save his race car. It was a you know, it was obviously a long race. He wanted to Wanted to make sure that he had something at the end and and um, had made some contact, just slight contact with another car and thought, um, you know, he had uh, potentially a tire rub. Um, and uh, so, you know, he stayed 
between like 8th and 15th, 8th and 12th in that area for the first like half of the race. And after the last pit stop that he made, he was in 13th place. And over the last about 30 laps or so, he went from 13th to 3rd and put himself in position to take a shot at the win. They had a late race restart. He lined up in third spot, they double file restart. So he was he was right there with his with his teammate, his driver Carson Quapple. Um and he had no intention of uh, again of of you know moving Carson or whatever. Carson had made a mistake and Dale could have passed him and won, he would have. But Carson's running for the Cars Tour Championship. It was a points race. Dale didn't want to mess with that. Uh, but he certainly ran Mason Diaz hard for second. And Mason is as is, is classy and as is, is fine of a young racer and young gentleman as you'll ever meet. Um, and, you know, he did a great job to, to hold Junior off. Junior ended up missing a shift and, uh, and finished third. But I, I have to tell you, folks, if you were not at North Wilkesboro, you missed it. It was just an incredible night of racing, and the news has come out since then that they are not going to tear up the pavement because the track's as smooth as glass, so they're not running the dirt races in October like they were scheduled to do because they're going to leave the pavement down. And the 2023 All-Star Race, NASCAR All-Star Race, is coming to Wilkesboro, which will be absolutely amazing uh, to see the All-Star Race there, a cup race back at North Wilkesboro for the first time since the mid-90s, even if it's not a points race. And then the uh, the NASCAR, what will become the Craftsman Truck Series again, because Craftsman's coming back as the title sponsor next year. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series will be there that weekend as well. So that should be a whole lot of fun. So keep your eye out for more announcements about North Wilkesboro, but that place is coming back big time. So um, incredible. Uh, Landon Hoffman being crowned the 2022 NASCAR late model stock track champion at Hickory Motor Speedway. We are working with Landon to try and get him on a show, uh, over the next couple of weeks to talk about that. Um, Landon was kind of a part of that whole thing at North Wilkesboro, uh, went up there and had some sponsorship from Dale Jr.'s, uh, I think it's, what is it? Highline Vodka. Something like that. Um, I'm. I'm not. You can tell I'm not an alcohol drinker. But um, uh, Junior has a vodka and uh, vodka line, and so Landon was sponsored by that uh, particular brand for that event. So we're going to get a chance to talk to Landon um, about the experience that he had at North Wilkesboro, but um, he ended up winning the championship in the late models, which was uh, a great accomplishment for him. Um, Ricky Denny won the Super Trucks championship this year. Ricky won a bunch of races in that division, had a great year. Mike Bumgarner won the first seven before he finally finished second one night, um, but ended up winning the late model, limited late model championship. John Austin was your winner in the street stocks. And your champion in the Renegades division was Charlie Neal. Now, on October 8th, that's next Saturday, the 8th of October, Dale Earnhardt Chevy night at uh, the races. 
And uh, the Smart Modified Tour will be at Hickory, along with the Bowman Gray Sportsman and the Bowman Gray Street Stock. So that should be fun. HickoryMotorSpeedway.com for that. And October 15th, the Fall Brawl at Hickory. More on that next week. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Howie DeSignano, and you're listening to Blue Lab Radio. Welcome back to Lead Lap Radio, segment three of four here on this episode of the show. And we are joined now by a gentleman named Scott Kozak, who uh, is the proprietor of a website called GetInTheStands.com. GetInTheStands.com. And this site serves both track and series and event promoters and also fans by basically providing a directory that uh, everybody can utilize if you're traveling and you want to uh, find a race in the area where you are. You can use getinthestands.com to uh, just search tracks in your uh, neighborhood, wherever you happen to be along the way, if you're on vacation or whatever, you just want to get your racing fix. It's a really awesome resource. We've got a link to it on steeringwheelnation.com. And glad to have Scott on the show. Welcome to the program, Scott. And uh, I would love to start off by asking you, um, talk about the genesis of this idea that you had to create this directory and tell us a little more about it. Well, Tom, uh, I appreciate you having me on tonight. Thank you for welcoming me into uh, into your show and into the cars and the living rooms of the people you're listening to. Um, it, it's been a long, uh, let's call it a labor of love, if you will, as is true with most motorsports aficionados. Um, GetInTheStands.com started as an idea uh, 14 years ago, I believe it was. Um, okay. It was it was originally launched as, as a different site called RacingIn.com, which some people may be familiar with from from years ago. But uh, it started because I was working in the NASCAR radio world, um, serving up NASCAR on the radio in Chicago through Motor Racing Network, Performance um, Racing Network, and um, I was a big NASCAR fan. And I saw a commercial on TV for the NASCAR home tracks. Uh, NASCAR told people, hey, you love racing? Come see your NASCAR home track. Go to uh, NASCAR.com and look for the home tracks logo. Um, I went. I figured, wow, this is cool. And it took me 10 minutes to find what they told me to go look for. And when I found it, I think there was only about 40 tracks listed. Oh, wow. And I was thinking, wait, there's more than that. And, of course, we know how the how the home tracks program works. It's, it's partly a licensing type of a program with NASCAR. And it, sure. it does amazing work um with grassroots tracks but i knew that there was more um you know because i had dirt tracks near me in illinois at the time and everything um of course stafford motor speedway where my father used to work pit gates when i was a kid was on there um but anyway i looked around and i realized that there wasn't an up-to-date virtual directory of racetracks on the internet in 2008 2009 there was a couple of uh, older out-of-date ones um, but I thought to myself, hey, um, NASCAR's pretty big. If they're telling people to look for your local tracks, they think there's an allure for it. And so I built RacingIn.com, and it uh, attracted well over 5 million people in about 11 years. 
um, COVID hit and we rebuilt it on a very mobile friendly phone friendly platform called get in the stands.com. And that's where it is now. That's an awesome story. And, and I, I, you know, it's amazing to me that somebody hadn't thought of it before you did. Uh, but I, but I'm glad they didn't because, uh, you've done a great job with it. Talk a little bit about the functionality of it. Cause there's really two halves to a whole on the, on the page. Um, there's the half that allows allows the fans to access the uh, the directory of tracks nationwide. Um, but at the same time, if you're a track promoter or a series promoter, you have a big event or or a couple of big events. Um, it also allows you to be able to promote them, and that's you you're actually you're looking for the promoters and the track owners to get involved with this thing and claim their track so to speak and put all the 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 key info to basically sell the idea that hey if i happen to be anywhere near hickory north carolina i better be at hickory motor speedway on a saturday night absolutely um and i appreciate you mentioning the two halves um you know primarily for the you know 60 million race fans across the nation yeah um you simply go to get in the stands.com and there's a big box that says where do you want to find a track uh you can enter a city and a state or a zip code and you literally hit search and it will show you all of the tracks within a 100 mile radius of that pinpoint that you've hit on a geography um you can also search what we call our state track maps. So you go to that page and you just click on North Carolina and all the tracks in North Carolina will pop up as a list or a map, however you want to look at them. Uh, so that's the, that's the biggest part of what we do is helping people find racetracks when they're traveling. And, and it's, you know, motorsports is an amazing thing. Um, grassroots racing is, it's a real bootstrap industry. People, it's more of a passion than it is a, a business for a lot of racetrack owners. Of course, we're trying to help them treat it as a business, too, so they can get more people in the stands and, and make more money and sell more tickets and exactly. uh, and, and keep the keep the turnstiles rolling, for sure. Because, um, you know, when I first started it in, in 2008, there were 1,600 tracks in the directory, and we're down to 1,260. Wow. Um, so that's a lot of tracks to go away. But like you said, there is two pieces to – what I do. The first thing is serving the fans and, you know, almost 6 million people over 13 years in total have used one of the two sites. Um, but racetracks actually have the ability to find their track and claim it so that they can make sure and add all their current contact information, uh, phone number, email, uh, social media links, website links, and everything else. And that is 100% free for racetracks to do. Um, all they got to do is go to the site and claim it, and there you go. There's a there's a very small, you know, twenty five dollar an hour a month fee if they want to add their race dates because we're actually you know helping them sell tickets. Right. Um, but what we find is that if a racetrack posts their race dates, we're sending ten, fifteen, twenty people a month or uh, per race date to their website. And if they get one person coming and bringing three people, I mean, it's paid for easily, and that's. Um, you know, everyone we've worked for who've posted race dates has, has always been happy with it. But the number one thing, and forgetting about the revenue angle to me and that subscription piece of it, uh, the biggest challenge that I've experienced in this 14 years of being involved in, in grassroots race directories is that some of these tracks just simply change promoters so many times and so often yeah. that 
the information gets outdated. And for what we do, uh, grassroots racing really needs to at least be aware of where they're listed out there. You know, it, it takes me a month to literally go through the directory every year, but not knowing that a racetrack could change their website in the middle of a year, you know, I, I want to make sure that the information is valid and credible, and that's why I let the racetracks claim it and post all those links at absolutely no cost. See, I think that's uh, that is an amazing service, and even at twenty five bucks a month, I mean, if you can't spend twenty five bucks a month to promote your racetrack on a national level, um, you probably shouldn't be in that business. Uh, so you've made this extremely affordable for any tracker series to be a part of. And as you say, um, I mean, you how many hits do you get over the course of, say, a month on the site for people looking for tracks? Uh, between the two sites combined right now, we're averaging about twenty five to 30,000 people per month Wow! Uh, using the site to find racetracks. Um, and, it's, it, and it's growing, obviously, now with the moving from the old platform to the new platform. Uh, we're still in that transition period, but uh, it, it's definitely growing. I think in, in the last month or the last week, I think we had about 8,000 people um, just in, wow. in the last 10 days. Uh, use one of the two sites, and, and most of it funnels to getinthestands.com. Again, getinthestands.com is, is where it happens. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just trying to get more people to enjoy racing, not just where they live, but where they travel. Yep. And, you know, the, the, what we know is that grassroots promoters, they work their tail off, man. <laughs> yes, they, they do. They, they work their tail off, and they work their tail off hard with with their loyal and their local following. And I think what a lot of them forget is that as much as people within 20 or 25 or 30 miles know who they are and what they are and when they're doing it, um, they forget that there's a highway 15 miles away and there's people coming by on their way from Virginia down to South Carolina uh, who may not know that their track is just off the interstate. Yeah, that's So those true. are the people who are using getinthestands.com. And uh, and the number one thing for us, like I said, uh, tracks have said, oh, you just want to recreate my website like Yelp does for small businesses. And I'm like, no, that's why you can put your your uh, website on the directory for free. So I'm just a bridge and we want to be a bridge between more fans and more what I call new to them racetracks. Right. Because that that's the big thing is. You know, everybody can go to their, their local racetrack and have a great time, but when they're traveling, just to find a new-to-them track, man, there's so much stuff happening out there in the grassroots racing world, whether it be dirt, uh, whether it be asphalt, drag strips, you name it. 1,260 tracks just waiting for people to find them. Well, and the thing is, it, it covers all kinds of racing. I mean, you know, the, I, I worked a go-kart race uh, two weeks ago in Barnesville, Georgia. It was a quarter-mile road course was absolutely incredible racing. The World World Karting Association Gold Cup Series was great. Um, you know, that's if you're in that area and you're just looking for something to do on a weekend, a Friday or a Saturday or whatever, um, your directory is invaluable. And basically to a track promoter, you're a map. You know, the track promoter, if, if, if there are track promoters listening to this, you need to be on this directory because that's basically like putting yourself literally on the map. So if somebody's touring through the area or driving through on their way somewhere and they have some time on a Friday or a Saturday when you're racing and, you know, they go to the directory 
you you want them to be able to know as much about your facility, what you're racing, how exciting it is, all of that as you can, right? And uh, it's a really um, it's a really incredible thing that uh, Scott has created. Uh, we've got to step aside for a moment, but uh, we're going to talk more with Scott about it on the other side of the break. More of Lee Lap right after this. Hi, I'm Jesse Love, and you're listening to Lead Lap Radio. Welcome back to Lead Lap, our final segment. Uh, Jesse took a very, very hard uh, crash over the weekend. Thank God he was okay running his uh, super late model for Wimmer Motorsports down in Florida at Five Flags. And uh, just goes to show the driver safety advancements that uh, we made over the years worked very well. So thank the Lord that uh, Jesse was a-okay. But uh Back with uh, Lead Lap here, and we've got Scott Kozak from GetInTheStands.com with us now talking about this directory that he's created. Um, and, you know, you mentioned 60 million race fans. Um, how many racetracks currently are there, according to your directory in the United States right now? We've got 1,261 listed. Wow. Um you know, and honestly, I was just going through, and I, I even found a couple that unfortunately had gone by the wayside in the last uh, couple of years. Um, so, you know, like I said, originally when we launched the directory in 2008, there was over 1,600 in the directory. Um, and, you know, sadly, through lots of different changes in the world of motorsports and in, you know, suburban sprawl and rural America being gobbled up and whatever like that, um, you know, it, it's gone down a lot. But, um yeah. I look at it as there's still 1,260 places where people can go find uh, people running test and tunes and drag racing and cart tracks and, and go-karts and you name it. Yep. Um, it it's it, When you have the need for speed, you know, what's that? When you have the need, the need for speed, that yeah. was on Top Gun, actually. But, yeah. um, but you know, there's been tons of, uh, tons of racing movies out there that have, have said, you know, hey, if you love speed, you can find it on a track somewhere. That's right. Well, and and again, all types. And, you know, a lot of times if people are just looking to kill some time in a certain area, you know, I know a lot of karting folks think or at least sanctioning bodies don't really play to fans very much. And they should because it's really exciting stuff. Um, but, you know, that's why would you not have your track in this directory? So, again, if you're a track promoter, get in the stands dot com. It's twenty five bucks a month. Put your information on there. Keep it up to date. And uh, you never know how many people you get during a season that are walk ups from some other part of the country that are just driving through your area and looking for something to do. Um, and I I think, too, a lot of a lot of it. Um, and I and I even heard some of this over the weekend again where i was um you know everybody's been so conditioned and all you need is facebook page and that is just so wrong um you know the old-fashioned way of promoting and marketing has not gone by the wayside social media has just given you one more tool in the toolbox a site like this is basically like being on a map and um, it, it, it is not about necessarily results every week or whatever, but it's about making sure that your profile page looks good, has up-to-date information. Um, your website should be on there, um, you know, it, and just really make it look as best you can. Right, Scott? Because I mean, it, it's incredible how many hits some of these tracks get over the course of the year through your, through your site. 
Well, you're absolutely right, and and I want to and I want to make sure that people realize the uh, um, the ability to make their listing look great is 100% free. Yes, which is that's the part that allows them to add their image, add a logo, um, so it doesn't say logo coming soon. You yeah, they real, <laughs> real all the all the information is there. So when people find a racetrack at getinthestands.com, they see enough, they get enough information to find the track. They can click on the Google map. They'll be able to get there and, and then Google the name of the track. But like you said, um, my goal is to be a bridge. Yes. And if I can be a bridge from a fan who searched for dirt tracks in North Carolina and ended up on getinthestands.com uh, on, our, on our North Carolina map page, and they come across 411 Vintage Motor Speedway. Now, you know, that's a, a racetrack that was reopened by somebody this year. They had a little bit of challenges this year. Hopefully they're going to be back in the back racing again next year. But yeah. um you know, it gives them an ability to put an, a really cool image. And our, our whole thing, Tom, is is to racetracks, my motto is you post it, we promote it. And so if a racetrack takes the time to verify credibly their their contract, their contact information, add an image, make their page look good, you know what, we've got 60,000 people on Facebook that we're sharing information with too. Right. So, um, you know, like you said, Facebook, social media, it's all media. And that's, that's the real cool thing about the world we live in now is it's not just print media anymore. It's not just TV media. Social media is one tool that we use to, to, to get people to know that, Hey, there's more tracks out there. Right. So in that regard, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and I want people to know that if, if they have a need for speed and when they're traveling with their average group of 3.2 race fans that they're with that they're with <laughs> that people go to tracks in groups um you know take those that family those friends and uh and hit a track when you're driving by because if you're stopping for the night at a hotel uh odds are you're going to find a track within 20 or 30 miles to go and have a really good night of entertainment and probably spend a lot less than you would go into a movie theater at your local hometown. Exactly. You're, you're basically the Rand McNally for racetracks. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I guess so. I mean, the easiest way to explain it again, it, I, I, I hate to be redundant here, but I'm being redundant on purpose because I need for any track promoters that that's listening to this or track owner, you you need to get on the Ram McNally for racetracks so that, you know, people that you got tens of thousands of people every month going to this site and they are looking for tracks in areas where they're driving through or driving to. And so if somebody's coming to your area, you want them to know about your track and to see your information and tell them why they should they should spend their free time on a Friday or a Saturday, whatever day you race Sunday, um, and and uh, and and be able to come out and have a good time. And so um, I think it's a it's an amazing uh, work what Scott's done here, and it, it's uh, it's only growing and getting better. And if you're already used to coming to SteeringWheelNation.com. Um, there's a link right up on the uh, homepage in the top right corner. We're going to get, uh, be building a bigger space um, and devoting a little more to um, to to get in the stand soon. But um, definitely excited, uh, Scott, to have you on and talk about that. Getinthestands.com is the Ram McNally for racetracks. And uh, make sure that you save that and uh, use it. Uh, whenever you're traveling and you want to find a track somewhere, uh, go to getinthestands.com. Scott, thanks for being on. 
Thank you, Tom, and, and thank you for what you do for motorsports between Steering Wheel Nation and all the, the podcasts and everything that you do, uh, helping to get the word out for the grassroots racing all across the nation. Absolutely. That is Scott Kozak. Again, getinthestands.com is the website, and I'll say it again. It's the Ram McNally for racetracks. If you want to know what tracks are where, uh, that's where you go. So make sure you keep that and bookmark it, getinthestands.com. Thanks, Scott, for being on, and uh, have a great rest of your year. We'll be talking to you again soon. And that's going to basically wrap it up for Lead Lap. Again, uh, look forward to talking with you again next week. Until then, SteeringWheelNation.com is the site. I'm Tom Baker. So long. You've been listening to the Lead Lap Show, home to Southeast Motorsports coverage on the radio. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Lead Lap Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and visit leadlabshow.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of the Lead Lab Show. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of the Lead Lab Show. Thank you for listening.